What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Bird and Lyndon. How are you doing this week? Doing well, man. Can't complain. It's Christmas. Excited for that, as always, you know. as Like I said, as I'm getting older, Christmas is a little different now. It's more about, like, spending time watching movies, you know, doing that thing. I'm excited that Wonder Woman's this week, and I can actually go to a movie theater. That I'm hype about. Yeah, there's a lot of movies besides Wonder Woman coming out this week that are actually super interesting. Uh, oh, I can't think of the name of the one right now, but the one that they're talking about being like best film of the year. Best um, film of the year? Yeah. Wait, which one are you talking about? You talking oh, about uh, Ma Rainey's Black Box? Well, that one, that one, but I mean, that's already out right now, but there's one yeah, that's, that's coming out thinking. this week. Gosh, who's in that movie? Oh. Let me oh, Google man. it. Movies yeah, coming well, out I'm, this I'm week? Like, I'm like doing. I'm looking at it right now. It's um, I can't remember her name. It's the chick from who from Gary Gatsby. Oh my gosh, was it like Carrie something? Oh, Carrie Mulligan. Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Ah, okay, okay. What's the movie called? No Man's Land. No. You're asking. Oh, Promise Young, Promising Young Woman. That's it. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Was this? A, everyone says Cassie was a promising young woman until a tragic event disrupted her life and derailed her future. Now she's a medical school dropout, living at home, worried with her worried parents, and working at a coffee shop with concerned boss. It seems like she's at a standstill, except for the double life Cassie leads at night. Wow, that that sounds my bag. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like it's really good. Look at the cast. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Wait, let me see the cast. I didn't. I didn't look at that. Promising young woman. Let's see, young woman. Here we go. Give me the cast. Give me. The and cast. I'm like wondering where like this came from because I don't remember us like ever talking about it. Bo Burnham. It. What a weird. Ch- okay, Bo Burnham. Allison Brie. Love that. Clancy Brown. Love that. Laverne Cox. Love that. Adam Brody, okay, love that. Oh, Christoph Mintz Plus, Max Greenfield, really love those two. This is a good cast. I might watch this. Hell yeah, this is a damn good cast. I'm so interested yeah, to see another, Max Greenfield. That's another one that Chris. comes out this week. I'm interested to see Christoph Mintz Plus and Max Greenfield. Is is Jack Nicholson in this? Oh no, his son's in this. Ray Nicholson. Okay. Oh, that's cool too. Um, yeah, and then you got Soul that comes out. I'm so, not interested I mean, in Soul, but you know, I'm. But that movie you just said, that I'm gonna watch. So, are you watching Soul on Disney Plus? I feel like that's a you thing. No, you're not gonna watch it. Do you have to pay for it? No. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's just gonna be out there. I, I'll probably watch it at some point, but I, I'm not. I feel like your. I, I feel like your mom's gonna definitely watch it. I think she will, but I'm more focused in watching Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, and then you know the Netflix. The Netflix series I'll talk about in my movie on the rise as well. Hell so. yeah. And then plus basketball's back, so you know me, Christmas Day. Gotta watch it. Yeah, the 11, 11 East or the 11 Central Time game is the Pell, so that's Jesus, why I'm... 11 Central Time? Yeah, so that's why I'm watching Wonder Woman in the afternoon. Same. that's when the Wonder Woman uh, movie comes out at 11 Central. Same. Gonna watch Wonder Woman at like 4 o'clock. <laughs> Five yeah, so o'clock. That's, that's about my, my thoughts too. Hell Stay yeah. Stay Twitter. Also, bro, there was, did you see, there was Pitchet beef today. Oh, yeah, there was people talking about Pitchet today. <laughs> we should talk about that, like, real quick. Let me, yeah. let me pull it up. So, basically, the new season, me and Schubert have talked. The new season start date right now, we're not going to give you an exact day, but Pitchet will be back 
February 2021. Should we give them the headliner match? Because we got that. Yeah. We don't, we don't have the undercard, but we have a... So basically, okay, so pitch it. You're going to get uh, two matches on opening night. We're doing it on Twitch, live streamed. The VOD will be on YouTube for those who don't get to watch the live event. But come watch the live event because fans will get a vote. The fans are the tie-breaking vote. Oh, they're the they're the... They're either the tie-breaking vote or they're going to play into the third judge. We haven't figured it quite out yet. But fans have a voice. Come in. And the headlining match is none other than Shamit Dua, the person who lost to go to the... Like, the person who lost in the what? The divisional round? Yeah. The divisional round. And then the person who lost in the finals, Jake Madison, is the headlining match. We're going to have an undercard with two new faces. We haven't decided quite yet the two new faces, but you're going to get two matches that'll be live streamed February 2021. Shubert, I'm so excited for this new pitch season, especially after the shit people were talking today. It was hype. It sounds like it's becoming Screen Junkies movie fights with the fan vote now. Uh, well, you know. Well, no, I, not, not the same thing, but I'm saying like in a good way, like, you know, how they had like the, the fans coming in and giving an input. So gonna, and, you know, I that just, was definitely something that the contestants wanted. I just, and Jake wanted it. And like, Jake's one of our best players. And we, we listened to the league. The league felt that the third judge needs to be seen and there needs to be fan input. So we're doing both and we're adding the Twitch factor. So let me tell you, so no lapels Reddit hit Jake with try to be better at pitch it though, Jake. And then I was like, I was like, oh, it's Trudeau. And then Jake hit us with the Michael Jordan meme, which was like, he's basically, Jake said, that's all I needed. That's all I needed for him to do that. To, and it became personal with me. So Jake's coming for my neck. I said, I'll see if you can climb the mountaintop again. I'll be waiting because, you know, to, to, to take me on, you got to win some matches. Hastic, a new competitor in the league, rapper Hastic says a new challenger approaches. And then I hit him with, uh, I, and uh, Nola Pelgeret was like, Has coming to the league. And Has was like, I'm here. And then basically, I was like, There's a lot of new league members, and I'm ready for all the challengers. Meet me on top of the mountain with the Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, with the Arnold Schwarzenegger putting on the all, all on the makeup and commando, locking his guns gift. And then Nola Pels Redding was like, We got a fighting champion? Question mark, ladies and gentlemen. And I said, Basically, I'm not like Floyd Mayweather. I'm here to give the people the fights they want. I'm not running from the belt. So basically, Schubert, we're going to have people have multiple opportunities to get the championship belt. I'm thinking three times a year. I would say so. I think we're going to have a mid-season tournament. We're going to have a random challenge. These sorts of things. You know, uh, Schmodown does it like three times a year. WWE does it three times a year. MMA yes. does it like three times M a year. MMA does it almost like four or five times a year. To be honest. Also, like some, we got, we got a new artist to do fight cards. I'm so excited for y'all to see the first fight card. I'm excited for you to see it. it I, we're putting in work for this league to be great, and I'm so excited. We're going to have graphics on the live stream. I'm still trying to figure out how to do the score. Once I figure out the score, it's over with. It's going to look fire. I'm so excited. Like, pitching is going to be amazing this year. I just want all of y'all to be ready. The league the, starts February 2021. And look, I'm coming for it. I'm, we're going to have a match that if the person wins, they get an automatic challenge at the belt. Like we're gonna do like a a, a a a basically like a fucking round robin. Whoever lasts the most, like it'll be like a Iron Man match where it's just second round questions and everybody's pitching. Like it's gonna be lit. I'm excited for this season. 
But Schubert, that's enough pitch and talk. Whenever you're ready to start this episode, my brother, because we got to talk top 10 Christmas movies. We got to talk Your Honor. And we got to finish Mandalorian, even though me and you did it on stream for like three hours, which was fucking amazing. I'm so sad that there's no more Friday night streams, but we'll bring you on for something else. But whenever you're ready, I'm ready, brother. Yeah, I'm ready to get started on everything. There's a lot of news and stuff to review, so let's get started. Uh, let's start with uh, the Star Wars stuff. You know, I guess getting a little ahead of ourselves, there was the announcement that the Book of Boba is going to be coming out on Disney Plus December 2021. Now so that we, put we us all in. Well, we then, you know, so that puts us into some chaos. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the stream. Where, is like, this, what does this mean? Is this chapter okay? So they they came out and said season three of Mando is coming 2022. But do you consider this a chapter of the Mandalorian? I feel like this is. It's not. No, at this point, with the like when we were on the stream, that we were heavily talking about that being a possibility because all the the further news hadn't come out yet. Yeah. And now that book of, book of Bumba is going to come out December 2021, that's its own thing. Mini series. Okay. So it's its own. Okay, bet. Mini series, and then Mando is going to be filmed next year and come out in 2022. So wish, obviously they still probably they do did. have some things that are working out, but Pedro Pascal's already talking about like, Hey, I want to show up in the Ahsoka show. Like, so yeah, he's, he's going to be back. For yeah, Mando, he's coming. So I'm not tripping by him no more. I wish they would do like, you know how they did star Wars, a clone wars. I wish they would mm-hmm. do Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett. Like it, it could be its own thing, but I feel like it falls under the Mandalorian umbrella. Mm, I more so think of, I more so think of what this is going to be as like, the Kenobi series, but in the mm. Mandalorian time period. Okay, for sure. I'm not mad at that. Well, like, that, what I I'm think hyped. that this would, what I think with this, yeah, yeah, the Mandalorian needs to be done. So I'm glad that they're going to keep it as that. But the Book of Boba is going to definitely be its own, I think, eight part series, eight episode series directed by Robert Rodriguez, which, I, which I'm really hype about to have him be attached to it. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to explore him running the criminal underworld and also get some answers on how we've got to where he is at this point. Yeah, word. Well, yeah. I'm hyped for that, especially since who you said directing? The boy, Robert Rodriguez, the desperado and once upon a time in the in, a, in Mexico director, one of the best directors of The Mandalorian so far. This is going to be a Western. This is going to be amazing. I'm so excited for the gunfights. I would love to see Cad Bane, like... I want like throw in That's all possible. the bounty hunters. Like, let's go. Like, I know Mandalorian was supposed to be the Western, quote unquote, but let's really make this the gunslinger, cowboy bebop trigon bounty hunter show. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's gonna stay centered on Tatooine, but I could also see them moving around a lot. So True. but I don't he know. He does I, have slave I, one, he just doesn't have his armor. So I can see him moving, trying to find his armor. What do you mean try to find his armor? Like did he always? Did he always know it was on uh, with that with uh? Oh well, at that point, at, you know, the way this book takes place after the events we've seen in Mandalorian, oh, so he's got his armor so, already. So this like, is when he now. walked up in there, he was wearing a mask. Oh, so this was now. Okay, I thought this took place before Mandalorian. This takes place after. Oh well, then yeah, leave Tatooine. I don't want to see him on there all the time. Go do no, go yeah. do missions. I do want to see like what he was doing on there for a while though. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. I thought we were getting some and like flashbacks and stuff like, like him that. with the sand people. Yeah, I want to see stuff like that, like in flashbacks, like early on. Yeah. But we'll get, out, we'll get over that. There's more to this story, isn't there? 
Um, no, that's about it on the Book of Boba, but the Bad Batch and Visions are also going to release in 2021. Nice. So I'm excited we'll about Visions. All of that Star Wars content next year. Nice. I'm excited. Um, Lucasfilm, you know, with the announcement of all the High Republic stuff, they confirmed that fit, that there's 50 years between the end of the High Republic and Episode One. Ooh, so I don't know if I like that. So that will definitely eliminate characters like Qui-Gon Jinn from being in the Acolyte series. Do you like that? I feel like it should be more time. Uh, no, I think it's fine. Like, because we're, we're not saying that the whole thing spans or at that time period, you know, it's not, we're not talking about the start. We're saying it ends yeah. then. So okay. like, they're going to tell stories like from the, the beginning. The, but that okay, that's, that's what I was. That we're, okay. we'd have a more Yoda and stuff like that. And I can that's see what like, I was worried about. Like, are we going to tell stories at the end of that 50 years? Like at the, yeah. No, I wanna, is at the end. See, I want to get to the beginning. Like I want to know the, the, the shit when it's at the rise, like when the Jedi's were really active, active. But I think it does, you know, 50 years is, you know, a lifetime of like, at least like a Qui-Gon Jinn character. So like that gives you the ability to think, okay, well, so when they end Acolyte, it'd be 50 years prior. So, you know, I would think that Palpatine would be in it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Last season type shit. Yeah. Very, very young Palpatine. Yeah. um, Well, shit, Plagueis is in it. I think Plagueis would be in it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, definitely in it. Uh, and so, but but I thought that, that was interesting to kind of actually give me an idea of when that Acolyte series might be taking place. Um, Star Wars Instagram wishes Samuel L. Jackson uh, a happy birthday and also said the party isn't over, showing their yeah! Mace Windu character. I was like, what? Um, I feel like that was just, was that real? Do you think that was real? I think that there's a possibility that they want to try and fit Mace Windu back into the into Star Wars in some capacity, the thought process for everyone at the moment is that he might sneak into Obi-Wan. Flashback or, like, legit? I'd say most likely flashback, but I think it would be really interesting if it was legit, um, more so that it'd give Vader somebody to kill again. Mm. Finish that off. Because, like, he would obviously want to be seeking revenge. Okay, okay, I'll fuck with that. And I think like it would be better for the series if Vader could kill somebody like that has some gravity to it. Mm-hmm. So like if, if they wanted to bring him back to die, <laughs> to Vader, die again, like, <laughs> I would be pretty. I would be pretty happy about that. I'd be high. Um, plus, there's beef with them too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that's really most likely the only thing that we would see him come in live action. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's another one. There really isn't. Mm-mm. So, I think that would be about it. Unless he's uh, at the 50 year that the end of Alkalite, we can see him as a Padawan. Possible. Possible, maybe. Unlikely. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. I, so, I put a crazy story in there. I'm waiting for you to read to get your opinion. Yeah, I see it now. Will we see young <laughs> Luke again in, uh, in Mando shows? No, episode? we will. No, Jan- Daniel RPK says we will see young Luke again in other Mando oh. series, but well, it's a true. rumor right now that. Uh, fand, Fandom Wire claims that Lucasfilm is in the very, very early stages of developing a Luke Skywalker series for Disney+. Plus. They're unsure whether Mark Hamill will return with de-aging, but they note that they're trying to uh, lure over Sebastian Stan. Do you believe this rumor? I believe it, that it's a conversation, but mm. I don't believe that's going to... I don't believe it's going to happen. Okay. I, I just yeah, think, I don't think I, it's going to happen that, either. The the reception that they got for what they did was great overall, but there is still pockets that are very upset that they did it 
Um, and I still feel like even the Wait, people, people are like upset. Me, oh yeah, but they're upset. What about have everything. you seen? Because I know you always. I know you're like deeply connected to the uh, Star I mean, the, Wars the, scene. The what are people saying? The the people who matter are all hyped in the right That's way, but like. But like the there's you know the the pockets of Star Wars fans that really didn't want they wanted something that didn't have to have Luke Skywalker in it for it to matter. Oh my god, I don't care about those people because like, but like that, but, they're just but, they just want to we'll, find a reason to hate. As we'll talk about later with the finale, that it, there was no other person that made sense to show up in that None. moment than Luke Skywalker. But and I then think, I know like, on stream I, would, I told you there were some that mattered, but me sitting back rewatching the episode, thinking about it. I agree with what you said on the stream 100% more so now. Yeah. I mean, there's just no other person that could have done it. Um, but I do agree with them that I feel like expanding more in like a Luke series would be too much, but I think mm. like doing what they're doing with the Mandalorian and, you know, possibly with Ahsoka, like that's, that's the meat, the uh, interaction that everyone wants to see is Ahsoka and Luke. I mean, geez, yeah, true. her Padawan or her master son. son I mean, gosh. Yeah. So like true, true, true. there's de- there's definitely a possibility that I could see Luke Skywalker popping up among around around the galaxy in a lot of these time period things but for him to have his own series it's just too too logistically difficult. Yeah, uh, un- like unless it's Sebastian Stan, I'm not for the de- a full de-aging like season like series. I'm now, okay if they with- wanted to kill off the Winter Soldier and then move Sebastian Stan to Star Wars, I can do that. I- I'm okay if they just move him to Star Wars. Like either way, but my thing is like you can't do a full de-aging because one of my criticisms, which we'll get into, the deep fake. I'm okay with random episodes throughout the Mandalorian universe, but we'll get into what, what I what I thought about it there. But yeah, so all right. Next up, we got some trailers. Uh, the first trailer is the Coming to America two trailer. I will say this: it wasn't bad. It didn't really impress me, but I will watch the movie. I don't think it, the trailer was. It just it just seems like to me that it's like it's try hard and, and uh, Eddie Murphy just being like, let's just make a movie and just yeah. goof on it the whole time. Pretty much, and like I want like I don't understand how he has a son like. He married his wife, like, from New York, unless they're going to say he banged somebody during that time when he was in New York before he met her, which I don't know when happened, and I'm pretty sure I remember the movie quite correctly. Like, he was just going after the McDowell girl, unless there's someone else. So it's supposed to be apparently his, like, his child that he didn't know he had. So they're going to have to really sell me on this. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. The next, um, you have anything else on this? Um, no, not really. I mean, just like I said, I really wouldn't, would rather not see a Luke Skywalker series. Oh, I was talking about the, uh, I was talking about, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. With the coming to America too. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Coming coming to America too. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really know much about the first movie enough to really have that. You need to watch the first movie. If you liked, uh, if you liked, um, trading places, you would love the, that movie. All right. Well, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Then. You, yeah, but you got to watch it before we review it because we're definitely going to review that movie on here. The next trailer I'm all in for, though. Yeah, bro, Schubert. The little things. Schubert. Yo, this trailer is right up my bag. Seven Zodiac uh, usual suspects. It is that kind of movie. It's the little things. But plus, it stars my favorite actor of all time, 
coming back as like this de- this former detective who's now a sheriff. He's sent to Los Angeles for what should have been a quick gathering evidence assignment. Instead, he becomes in this embroiled search for a killer who's terrorizing the city. Leading the hunt is Jim Baxter, a.k.a. Rami Malik. He's impressed with uh, Denzel's cop instincts. Unofficially, he engage- he engages his help, but as they track the killer, Baxter is unaware that he's in- his investigation is dredging up echoes of Denzel's past, uncovering disturbing scenes that could threaten more than his case. And the killer is Jared Leto? Let's fucking Maybe go! Killer. Like, let's go, man. Because I don't know what the last scene was where, like, it looked like Denzel was in the room with all the, like, the body bags, and I'm like... Yeah! Bro, this trailer, like... This sold me. This is the type of movie. You remember what I told when we always say what Ryan Gosling should be doing? Ryan Gosling should have been the cop that Rami Malik is. It shouldn't have been Rami Malik. But I'm glad that Rami Malik's doing this because it shows that like he's going for that style of acting. And we didn't put him on the list, but a movie like this could put him on the fucking list. Yeah, it's a movie that he kind of needed to like establish himself as like not the you know, the all the time, strange character, like the villain yeah. character. And this is good for Jared Leto. Like, ba- Jared Leto needs oh, this yeah. bad. Because Joker didn't work. And if this works, it's going to be like, bro, I should have been Joker. <laughs> like, you know, like, and granted, he was great in Blade Runner 2049, but this is a movie that I need. 2021, let's go. Also, I want to say real quick, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah coming out, uh, I think the release date is February. Because they're going for the uh this this uh award season. Oh really? Yeah, they're yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Didn't I see that it was getting released next month? February twelfth. Yeah. Okay. It, so yeah, it, that, it that makes it right early. time. So I'm excited for we have a lot of good stuff coming in 2021. A lot of stuff to review at the start of the year. Mortal Kombat. That uh, I'm ready to go, man. But this the little things. This trailer blew me away. I'm so happy Denzel's back in the acting, and this is the type of stuff I want to see him do. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was a surprise trailer that came out this, this week. This blew I was my like, mind. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> like, I see the cast at first, and I'm just like, oh, okay, that's going to be cool. And then, like, I'm watching him, like, this gives me, like, big time. Uh, Bro, I thought, I thought. What do you call it? The, when I heard. The, L.A. Confidential. Yeah, L.A. Confidential 7. Usual Suspects. It gave me all those vibes. When I saw the cast list and I heard the little things, I thought it was about to be some, like, drama, sad. Somebody has a disease, like, some rom, some loving shit. Like, Denzel hasn't done a movie like this in so long. And this, like you said, L.A. Confidential, French Connection, like, all those those dad movies that I love and that you love, this is that. So I'm super excited for this. Yeah, so those were some. That was the best trailer I saw this week for sure. There's other, that was one of the best trailers, trailers we saw in a while. There's some best other trailers that I guess I saw that I didn't have you look at. There was one for the new Justin Timberlake movie. It's gonna be an Apple TV. I saw uh, Palmer. Yeah, that was. But I didn't really think that that would be something that we'd want to talk about. Um, but I might still watch it. It just depends. I like Apple TV stuff. Same. But, um, but the next story we have is Blumhouse has acquired the rights to New York Times story about Miriam Rodriguez, the Mexican mother who fearlessly tracked down the kidnappers Ooh. who abducted and murdered her daughter, Karen. That sounds good. They need to get an actress that's like, honestly, Isa Gonzalez, like, get out of the, get out of, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Ana Darmus. I, 
Get out of honor the armist of shadow, like reclaim your stature and let's go. Unless they're going for an older actress. That way we could see who knows, but that sounds great. Yeah, I feel like they go for an older actress, but this sounds like a really interesting story. Just not Rosie Perez. Let's give some no. other Latino actresses a shot. No, no more. Uh, no more Rosie Perez. I see her in just about everything now. There's like two things on each. There's Max other. Right there's other older. There's other mature Latina actresses out there. Like, give them a shot. Like, stop calling Rosie Perez. And that's no disrespect to Rosie Perez, but it's just like after Birds of Prey, I was just like. They could have casted someone else to be Renee Montoya. She didn't do that great of a job. Facts. Um, and seeing that this is a Blumhouse project, it makes me think that is it going to be scary? I think thriller. I think like psychological thriller. Maybe so. I'm thinking prisoners because like this sounds like prisoners. The mom's going crazy, going to get her abducted, going to get her daughter. And she, uh, she's going to track down the kidnappers and kill those homies. So yeah. I'm excited for this. Like Robert Rodriguez would be a great person to direct this. That would be nuts. Hey, well, he's doing, he's doing Star Wars, so leave him out. Or David, like some David Finch or someone like that, or give a new guy a shot. Like I'm down for all of the. I feel above, like Blumhouse does a really good job of like finding the next new directors. Yep. And speaking of some of the next directors, David Gordon Green, who partnered with my guy. Uh, how am I blanking on his name right now? Eastbound and Down. Uh, fuck, I'm blanking on his name right now. East We're not doing good with names today. I don't know why. He's, I, I got to look this up because it's going to bother me because they're, they're the team, and I'm wondering if he's working. Like oh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride, yeah. Yeah, so Go- David Gordon Green and Danny McBride made 2018's Halloween, which was amazing. So Blumhouse has tapped David Gordon Green to direct a sequel to the original Exorcist and do basically what he did for Halloween. Basically the same thing. For, yeah, for Exorcist. I'm interested if uh, my boy Danny McBride is going to be involved, but what David Gordon Green did for Halloween just – Shows me that this is possible. What a great transition for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a, a good move to what uh, what they're doing on, like, taking the original horror movies that are, like, staples yep. and, then, like, finding a way to, like, make them fresh and new again. And, yep. you know, obviously, David or Gordon Green did such a good job with Halloween that, you know, give him Exorcist, let him see what he can do with it. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I'm thinking. And I, I was trying to see. I thought he did, like, some really, really bad movie. And that's why I was about to say I'm happy that he gets to redeem himself. Sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Okay, so he worked on Vice Principles. Oh, well, no. he, he that's uh, not bad. He directed uh, Pineapple Express, which is great. It's Your Highness that was the baddie that he did. But I thought he did, like, Krampus. <laughs> why did I think he did Krampus? He did not. David Gordon. Hey, you, you ask some people, that's, that's a Christmas movie for them, and they watch every year. Did you know that he directed three episodes of Mythic Quest? I did. Oh, well, shout out to David Gordon Green. Hell yeah, good for him. Well, next up we got Millie Bobby Brown is attached to star in science fiction movie The Electric State for Universal Pictures with uh, the Russo brothers directing and producing. The project is based on Simon Stalinhag's illustrated novel of the same name. It's set in an alternative future that centers around a teenage girl who realizes that a strange but sweet robot who comes to her has actually been sent by her missing brother. She and the robot set out to find her brother in an imaginative world of human mixing with all manners of robot and uncovering a grand conspiracy in the process. Why is Millie Bobby Weird. Brown doing a young adult movie? This sounds like her young She's adult. a young adult. Katniss She's 16. Everything. Yeah, you're right. I just, I, I don't know. I just figured she would do like more serious stuff. This sounds a little serious. But I feel like this could either be serious or super corny. 
Well, yeah, because the Russo brothers are even get, have get, been giving us like really good or super corny. Corny shit. Yeah, exactly. And Millie Bobby Brown has either been in really good or super corny shit. So, but you're right. She's 16. Let's give her a shot to grow. I'm like lukewarm on this. Yeah. Uh, I, the name really doesn't do any justice. The electric state. That's just kind of a, a blah name. The imaginative world makes me think like she's about to be in some like brightly colored weird looking shit like that's why i'm just like this could be good this could be trash like almost like a um that ava duvernay movie why did i picture do you you remember the movie robots with like the blue and white robot that's what i pictured you pictured them yes i kind of pictured ready player one but like way more low-key like more tame (laughs) i wish i thought that because that would have been better than my robots thought i thought robots and astro boy like, I figured she was about to be in some brightly colored shit. Ooh, those are two bad two movies. Two bad Actually, movies, yeah. Yeah. Astro Boy's not good. I'm not about to let you say it's good. No, I wasn't going to say Astro Boy. But I was going to say, you say Robots. Really, Robots wasn't bad. For Robots wasn't movie. bad for what it was. But it wasn't one of the betters of those times. It was one of the poo-poo DreamWorks movies. Yeah. Um, but the next movie we got, I want to get your opinion on because you saw Hustlers, but Jennifer <laughs> Lopez is teaming up with Netflix to mount a film adaptation of the best-selling book, The Cipher. Lopez will produce and star in the feature uh, written by Isabella Maldonado. Lopez will play an FBI agent named Nina Guerrera who finds herself drawn into a serial killer's case after he strategically posts complex codes and riddles online. The codes correspond to recent murders designed to lure her into a cat and mouse chase. Am I reading this right? Jennifer Lopez? Okay. Yeah. Well, look, in Hustlers, that was her best acting performance. I question if she was able to get it because she's close to that life, being from the Bronx, knowing strippers. Is that why she was able to do it, or was she able to do it because she's grown as an actress? If it's the latter, where she's grown as an actress, I love this for her. If it's not, then this is going to be a movie that could have been great, but needed a different actor. That's why you put it on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll I think this is a possible, how, but good for Jennifer. This is, a, this is a big swing for her, and if it works... She's back making movies because Hustlers was good. But like I said, Hustlers, we don't, if I'm a director and I'm thinking of casting Jennifer Lopez, I don't know if Hustlers only worked because she's acquainted with that life and she was able for her to easily get into. She was doing something she's good at, dancing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even though she had to act in other realms, I need to to be a, a detective that's solving the serial killer case. This is a big role. So hopefully it works for her. And Schubert, you're giving me a lot of movies that are in my alley this week, and I'm loving it. Yeah, when I read this, I was like, ooh, this sounds like it's really good, but is Jennifer Lopez right? That's why I need yeah. to hear your opinion on Hustlers. I feel like it's 50-50. There's a chance, this, I, there's a chance she's turned it around, but never forget Gigi or Gliggly, whatever it's called, with Ben yeah. Affleck. That ruined his career. <laughs> Ugh. But uh, we'll see how, how that happens for J-Lo on Netflix. But uh, so Sonic... You saw the first Sonic, right? Yeah, Knuckles well, was so in Sonic, there anyway. Oh, he was. Well, Sonic well, he 2 had a mask gonna appear more so. Well, I'm glad he deserves to. We're gonna see Tails too. I'm just waiting for them to tell us Amy. Like they might as well give us the whole team, and then in Probably. Sonic Three, they better give us Shadow, unless Shadow's coming in this one. But I need Shadow. I need Knuckles. I need Tails. Do the Sonic universe right. This could be a great franchise. First movie was good. Let's let's go again. Good good for James Marsden. Good for Ben Schwartz because this is his franchise. Uh, let's see who does Knuckles. Knuckles needs to be a deep voice person. Like 
like, let's get him, bro. Like some shit like that. Like Knuckles needs to be someone that's like very different from Tails and Ben Schwartz. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about it. I'm more excited about that Sonic animated stuff they're going to do. That's going to be great. Too. I feel like that's where they can really incorporate the team and do it in, in and a do shadow. It's going to make it a little bit easier. No humans <laughs> besides Eggman. Like there doesn't have to be yeah. a human compatriot. Like that'll just be Sonic doing his actual speed, doing cool stuff. You're absolutely right. That animated series is going to be fire. Like honestly, I'm hoping that this flops so that they Why do you want this stop. to flop? No, I, I just, but the more successful it, any, it is, then the, that's I feel like the reason the, the reason why we're getting the Netflix series is because the movie was successful because it's bringing uh, light to the Sonic universe. Like let's not act like Sonic just make was Sonic a dead franchise. And like not make like a Sonic Detective Pikachu stuff. Like <laughs> some people that those are for kid. Those are for the fan base. But I think the animated series will be for more of people like us. So like. I think it's good for both. I think it's it's because now we're getting a new Sonic game, which we haven't gotten in a while. And it's only because energy around Sonic has grown. I guess. I don't know. You're just being a hater. I need to watch that movie. The movie's not bad. The movie's better than Detective Pikachu. Now, and that's saying a lot because you like that movie. I mean, I thought it was all right. It, it, I thought it, it had better avenues for sequels than... I don't know about Sonic. So. That's what I'm saying. You got to watch it. But next up, we got Lock and Key has been renewed for a third season, even though the second season is not out yet. And I still have not watched the first one. I haven't finished the first one. That's why I good? wanted to put this on here because like we were really hyped about this going into it. And then I watched some of the first season and I'm like, it's good, but I got kind of bored. Like, I remember it was one of those things where like by the fourth episode, like I had fallen asleep and then I couldn't get I back into it because I, like, I, I didn't really know like where I was. And then, like, I saw that it was coming back for season two. I'm like, that's cool. Maybe I'll watch it again now. See, it's season three. I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, do people like this like that this, much? Yeah. I, I hadn't really heard a lot of buzz about it. It's well, not like something that people have been asking me. I've been like, hey, have you seen Lock and Key? I'm like, no one's I, asked me that. I understand you know? it's a best-selling comic, and I guess their fans watch, but I just feel like it didn't get the buzz that an Umbrella Academy got. And, like, I'm, I would much rather hear about the verse, like, you know, getting us magic order getting us some of these Millar titles jupiter ascending then another season of lock and key you know so i don't know like, unless they have like some kind of bigger agenda they, for it going yeah forward. Unless there's a fan base there might be fans we just might be the people missing the boat but we'll get on soon enough uh next up schubert i finally got a full uh detail of shogun and i feel like this is a show we're going to review and this is a show that i'm following closely <laughs> so we're getting 10 episodes of shogun it's going to start in 2021. I don't know if that means filming or if that means releasing. Start. I'm going to assume filming. It's going to start filming in 2021. Uh, we have the producing team and the writers. I'm going to just give you the director. Uh, it's Tim Van Patten, and the writer is Ronan Bennett. You could look up, see if they've done anything, but I, I don't know right now. Here's the, the location. They're filming mostly and everything in Japan, which is amazing. The, this is what it's about, set into the 1600s. Japan, a bold English adventurer, adventurer and an invincible Japanese warlord, a beautiful woman torn between two ways of life, two ways of love, all brought together in an extraordinary saga of time and a place aflame with conflict, passion, ambition, lust, and struggles for power. Literally a Game of Thrones political show, but in Japan hey, samurai era. Shit here, I'm pa excited for. Pause real quick. You want to know what this Tim Van Patten guy's directed? Yeah, sure. Is it it's bad Tranos. shit? Oh, shit. Boardwalk Empire, Game Let's... of Thrones, Black Mirror. This is going to uh, be one of the best shows when it drops. Harry I'm... Mason. Let's fucking go. Harry Mason. 
Let's fucking go. What has Roman, Ronan Bennett done? Look up the writer. Ron, R-O-N-A-N Bennett. And while, while I continue reading, that's hype. Yes, Tim Van Patten. Yes. Okay, so it's going to, like, literally, like I said, a political th- struggle with uh, in Samurai, feudal era Japan. These are the roles. Mariko, she's a female, 30. Uh, they're looking for a Japanese woman with fluid native J- Japanese and English to play the lead female role. Mariko, uh, basically, uh, Mariko is uh, around 30. She's perfect, full of dignity, reserve, and intelligence. She's a samurai-class woman who, despite her controversial past, is an attendant and advisor to Torinaga, one of the most powerful warlords in Japan. She's a Christian convert and ultimately becomes the lover of Blackthorn, our hero. She interprets between Japanese and English, so her English and Japanese must be fluent. Uh, the next person is uh, Blackthorn. Blackthorn is the Englishman. He's between the ages of 30 and 40. He's the lead of the story. He's a, a big, hulking Westerner. Uh, they want a star. This is who they're interested in. Do you want to know? Yeah. Sebastian Stan as the lead. Let me tell you who's passed. He's definitely not even Star Wars. Let me tell you who uh, passed. Johnny Flynn, uh, Charlie Hunnam. And Wentworth Miller. I think Wentworth Miller is the most weird name of the three. He like, needed this. So I don't know why he turned that down. I don't know why he passed. Charlie Hunnam definitely shouldn't have passed. He needed this too. But if they could get Sebastian Stan, I am hype. That's huge. So the next character is uh, Lord Torinaga, who is the Lord of Quanto, uh, the Lord of the Eight Provinces and the most powerful man in the story based on the actual daimyo. And a daimyo is just basically the leader. Uh, Tokugawa Liasu. He's a majestic gray-haired, probably in his 50s and 60s. The story covers his, tum- his tumultuous rise to shogunate. His power and statue make this the role most likely to want to cast a star. They're interested. They're in talks with uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. That is one of my most favorite actors. He is who uh, Ronin fights in... Uh, in uh, Star Wars. He is also in Last Samurai, 47 Ronin. Like, this dude is the man. Shubert, if you saw his face, you know who he is. But he's in Rush Hour 3 as well. He's the villain. He's Lee's brother. Um, Yeah, he's just the man. So shout out to him. And then there's some other, like, random cast who they haven't cast yet, so we don't know. But those are the most important things. Sebastian Stan is Blackthorn. Sasanada as uh the shogunate and yeah I think that's fucking amazing. In the final story we have Sony is developing a God of War project to be announced in the coming month. We're not sure it's a TV or a movie yet, but the announcement of which it's going to be is coming. Probably going to be TV. It's got to be. It's got to be, man. They should if they do a movie, I'll be pissed because there's so much good story to cover to where it needs to be a TV show. Now, the question is, it's Sony. What streaming service will it be on? Hulu? Hulu needs it. Yeah, Hulu's owned yeah. by Disney. But so Hulu's where does it go? Disney. Yeah, where does it go? What, what is Sony, like Amazon? Do they partner with Amazon? Maybe, Sony or maybe it'll be a part of the Paramount. I don't know. I don't know where Sony sends TV shows. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That might be something to look up, but... 
Yeah. Uh, you asked me to look up Rowan Bennett, and the only thing that she's done that I've ever heard of is Public Enemies, the Johnny Depp movie. Which wasn't bad, but I'm excited. The, the fact that the director did Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, Perry Mason, Game of Thrones shows me Shogun's going to be incredible. Are you excited? For, are you as excited for that as I am? Like, I feel like that's going to be the new show. Uh, I don't know if I'm as excited about it as you are. Oh, he also did The Wire and Deadwood. Oh, my way. God. <laughs> Three episodes of The Wire. Oh, my God. Nah, Shubert, you need to be excited for this. I'm sorry. Like, this needs to be as well, this needs to be both of our most anticipated TV show coming. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think I just need to see a trailer. Yeah. I need to see and, how like, much Samurai... what the cast is. I need to see... If, if Sebastian Stan is in it and my guy uh, Sonata, then this show is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to be excited about. I'm also pretty interested in this God of War deal. If you're really Sebastian Stan, out. why do you want to be a Jedi when you can be a real samurai? <laughs> see, like, does Sony even do TV shows? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know where a Sony TV show would go, but God of War would be a great place to uh, start a, uh, 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 you know, start a... Uh, All right, well, the story was that Sony Pictures is developing three movies and seven TV shows based on PlayStation games. And I think that one of the TV shows is fucking, uh, whatchamacallit. So, okay, Sony Pictures TV either goes to CBC. Like, I've seen it. They've sent all, okay, let me look up most recently. So I'm on, okay, so in the 2000s, Oh, Schubert, it's Amazon. It's either Amazon, Hulu, oh. or Showtime. And it's not yeah. Hulu, so I think it's going to either be Amazon or Showtime. It's Amazon. It's Amazon. It's Alex Ryder, The Boys. Let's go! <laughs> yes, Sony. God of War TV show at Amazon? That's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. Not a movie. Please not a movie. If it's a TV show where you can go through the different gods, the lore, and then eventually get to the North mythology, do you realize how big that show will be? That will be Amazon's Game of Thrones. Like, that would be... that that. I know this is a hot take. That could be bigger than Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, it might definitely outshine that Lord of the Rings series that they're trying to do. Like, if Amazon does that with that Lord of the Rings, the boys... They're gonna. They're competing with HBO. They need this, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like you know, Amazon has the potential to have like some of the biggest properties yeah. out there at the at the moment. Like you know, franchises too. Because I mean, like the Boys is expanding the spinoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't think God of War. Alex gonna. Alex Ryder's gonna give us spinoffs of the spy I think world. So. Yeah. Did you watch that? Was that like was that good? I watched it and I heard a lot of people liked it. People, fans of the books, liked it. All right. Yeah. So you know. Oh, interesting. And then hunters like Amazon and Jack Ryan, the whole uh, Tom Clancy verse, like because Michael B. Jordan's getting a show that's coming, and he's going to be one of the people. So huge, you know. But right. with that being said, let's get into our segment of the show where we suggest a movie or TV show for you guys to watch that's coming out this week. That segment is now called, well, not now. That segment is called Movie on the Rise or TV on the Rise, but just basically Movie on the Rise. Schubert, what you got for us this week? It's safe to assume that both of us have Wonder Woman. Yeah, that, that's the one I have. <laughs> uh, and for me, besides Wonder Woman, I have Bridger, Bridgerton, the Shonda show on Netflix. Ah, okay. What's that going to be about? Uh, it's pretty much, to me, it seems like Gossip Girl and Victorian times. Ah, uh, that's what that is. Okay. 
I'm looking up new and popular on Netflix, seeing if anything is coming out this week that's going to be, like, big. Death to 2020, best... Oh, what's this Cops and Robbers show? Is this good? Oh, no, that's, like, some emotional... Nah, bro, fuck that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the show is... is uh, Whatchamacallit is going to be... Uh, is Wonder Woman. But there is a new police show called Sahiko Ete Mangang. It's a by-the-book police captain and a brash young detective must team up to take on a supernatural when strange forces begin to wreak havoc on Dakar. But, you know, like I said, pretty much the most exciting thing this week is Wonder Woman. Um, I would also tell people to go check out... Oh, Midnight uh, Sky. Oh, yeah, Midnight Sky. But I would also tell people to go check out The Flight Attendant if they hadn't already. It, it just finally has all of its episodes out. So. Is My Rainey's uh, Black Box out now on Netflix? It's out. We talked about it last week. Yeah, we talked about it. Okay, okay, cool. I'm trying to check Prime just to make sure we're not missing anything. Um, there is a new Amazon. Oh shit, Schubert, Simone, uh, Sylvia's Love is out. Oh, okay, yeah, that's out too. All right, well, yeah, I'm gonna say Syl- Sylvia's Love. That that's out on Amazon. Me and Schubert talked about it. It's with Namdi Asamoa and uh, Tessa Thompson. That looks really, really good. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm interested in watching that as well. There's definitely a lot of good stuff to watch during the holidays. Yeah, and um, there's a lot more stuff that. Than I thought. We are going to talk about our 10 Christmas Are we doing that last? Do we want to do that last? Yeah, let's let's, let's make that like the star of the show. Let's talk talk Mando, then since it's over, and then let's do Your Honor, and then let's do our 10 Christmas movies. Yeah, so Mando was um, really satisfying end to this season. Great episode. Definitely a better season overall than the first season. Peyton Reed had a chance of redemption, even though looking back on the season as a whole, that second episode really isn't bad as a one-off. Because no. like, it it was Star it's Wars. It, it was Star Wars trying to give you an opportunity of like, here's what horror elements would look like in Star Wars, and like it 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 worked. It was just like at, at that moment after you gave us the cop Vanth episode, we were expecting a lot more. Mm-hmm. But like as an as an episode as it was, it is a pretty good episode. Um, but you know, Peyton Reed got the opportunity to give us. Um, something really crazy here and it, and it delivered the, you know, the beginning opening scene where they meet the two Imperial officers and you have one Imperial officer killing his buddy. And then, you know, having that um, chat with uh, Cara Dune, Alderaan. Yeah. Like, it was just like some really dark stuff. And so goes Star back Wars. to the philosophy of the victors decide history. That was sure. like, that was the, we, we get to see like, because we always see everything from the from the uh, rebels' perspective that they're the quote unquote good guys, that was a scene that was jarring. That was like, nah, bro, like y'all were terrorists. Like y'all are doing some fuck shit. Like y'all are bombing people. Y'all aren't good people. Alderaan deserved to go. People are excited that we got rid of a planet of terrorists. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the heavy stuff. Like though, this was the one of the one episodes of Mandalorian that I felt like was. Actually, a lot of parts in the season, I felt like it was uh, not for kids. Like, you know, smashing Stormtroopers' helmets in the Robert Rodriguez episode. Yeah. You know, the spider stuff was a little bit scary for kids, I would say, in that second episode of Paint Reed. And then this one just had, like, some dialogue that was just very, like... And then the way Ahsoka was... The way the, the, the people fought this season. Like, Ahsoka was killing people. And we'll get to the big finale with young Luke, but that was Rogue One-esque. Oh, well, I mean, those were droids, though. So you can get away with that. True, true, true. But Ahsoka was killing people. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. She was killing people. This was but... definitely a mature season, which I appreciated. And it was yeah, a season he... that gave us episodes longer than 30 minutes, which I appreciated. It felt like a real TV show now. This felt like yeah. pre, like whereas last season felt very Clone Wars Rebels esque. This felt this was the first time that Star Wars was like, all right, we are a premium television show. This could have been on HBO. This could have been on Amazon, and it would have worked. I don't know if season one would have, but this season definitely would have worked. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and this I think it had more things that were being talked about this season more so than other seasons. Like last season, they were just talking about Baby Yoda. They weren't talking about any of the story. This season, the Ahsoka episode, the Boba Fett episode, the Cobb Vanth episode, like, and I know people say, well, that's everybody but Mando, but in those episodes, Mando has did amazing things. The Bill Burr episode, like... And you also saw a lot of growth from him as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a very big growth season from him um, to the final point of him, like, taking his mask off again in this episode. But, I mean, getting too far ahead of that, like, the next big part of that was the Bo-Katan. Like, you didn't mention that, but, I mean, Bo-Katan being involved in this, coming coming back into this canteen scene. And it was, it, was a, it was a really telling thing. It really moved the... Um, move the lore of Star Wars a little bit where she's like, oh, I've heard that voice before. You mean mm-hmm. your donor, not your father. I've heard and that voice like, many times before. She said yeah. many times, which was like, yes, 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 yes. Dude is not a Mandalorian. Dude's a fucking clone. Yeah. So, I mean, she caught, she's no, you love about that. it. Oh, dude, it was great. And like him, like, you know, Real being quick. Boba Fett and being like, yeah, like, you know, screw you, princess. Like, careful, yeah. princess. Or like, whatever. you're just trying to, you're just trying to get your your planet back. Like, you're just trying to be a, a, a leader again. That you're not in it for the right reasons. You're just trying to lead, which I thought was a great comeback from Boba. But, question for you, as a Star Wars fan, as like, because I'm a, let me not say that. As a hardcore Star Wars fan, as someone who likes Star Wars as much as I like DC, how important was this season for you? How much did it scratch your Star Wars itch? Like, did this feel... I know we always say it, this feels the most like the original trilogy, but I'm starting to put Mandalor- Mandalorian up as some of the best content we've ever gotten. Well, I'm glad that the Investor Day kind of opened it up for us a little bit more to kind of explain, like, what we were getting out of this season. Because, like, like I said, with the Ahsoka episode, it helped me more so to know that, like, it was a setup for the Ahsoka series more so than adding Ahsoka to the se- mm-hmm. to the series. Um. You know, the, like I said, like having the Cobb Vanth one for a long time was my favorite one. Just the sheer fact that they took a single chapter out of a Star Wars book and expanded on it. Like, I think that was just, it was just so, um, it just made reading all those books worthwhile as a person who saying, like really just, dove into it. The season just shows, it just shows me when you put someone who is a Star Wars fan, who understands the universe and who is a Star Wars creative at the helm. You just get amazing content. Like you gotta applaud Filoni and Favreau. Like they, what they did I mean, was incredible. I saw someone who was talking about it the other day. Is that Favreau created some, some people's most favorite beloved Christmas movie? Elf yeah. uh, started off the MCU yep. and revived Star Wars. Like you got to give Favreau a lot of credit. And started the Disney CGI wave, whether you like it or not. That's a fair point. Whether you like it or not. But I mean, like, even if you don't like it, it created to be able to do things like what you've done with the Luke Skywalker and the end of this episode. Like, the CGI work. Like, if you watch the gallery episodes, 
uh, where they talk about CGI and all that. Favreau talks about his time with Lion King. He's like, if I wouldn't have had those times with Lion King and Jungle Book, I wouldn't have known what to do with certain CGI aspects that I'm doing now, you know? Yep. 100, 100, 100, 100%. So what's next in the episode? Because that was a great point. Um, That's when they, now they're, uh, going after Moff Gideon's ship or whatever. Yeah, they do you the know, pirate have... scene and they hijack the crew thing we talked about already. No, I'm saying like they are, they're off to get Moff Gideon's ship and like they're doing they're, they're they've got that oh, one yeah, ship and they're their... getting chased. Yeah, and then like that scene was pretty awesome and like the Tie Fighters getting shot out of the ship like that was really great and then they're like oh we got to come in here right now like, and Moff Gideon knew he was like he knew it but he was like shoot him yeah there's nothing he can do they were boarding no matter what. And then I thought yeah, it was, so. I thought it was very interesting that, and you pointed this out on the stream. They did uh, "Girls Get It Done" way better. Well, I'm not gonna say better than the boys because I think the boys did it amazingly, but I think they did it way better. I think than they did the it Avengers. better than everyone. Like, I mean, I think they that was like the best, most organic all girl badass scene because like the other thing about that is it's like you know when you look at like the MCU one, and I'm not like gonna talk too much about. The MCU you know, was forced. It was forced. I'm not going to say what certain actors can and can't do, but I mean, I'm not scared of like Gwyneth Paltrow running at me. <laughs> but like, the thing is, is like you got what? Sasha Banks. Yeah. Uh, Cara Gina Dune. Carano. Finnick like, was bad. At, like, even Finnick and... Uh, Ming-Ning Ming, Ming, Ming Wah. Like, and then you um, had... Uh, and then uh, Katie Sackhoff. All yep. four ladies we know who in real life could kick ass. Like, you know, that's just like, you know, sending them out to do all of that is like expected like there's nothing that you could say about that like that it's so believable for but even the boys the one was believable but like this one like where the boys one is believable it fe- like that one felt like okay they're doing this dope but like this one was just like you don't even realize it's happening when it's happening you're just watching because it makes so stuff. much sense yeah and, and that's what i mean that's why the marvel one was forced it was like y'all are just doing this to just do it for oh, we want a female team. It's like, no, this is how you do it. You don't have to, you, you just tell an amazing story with amazing characters. And that makes, that's why these female characters are some of the best. That's why Star, Star Dave Filoni makes some of the best female characters because he doesn't treat them like, quote unquote, female characters. He treats them like humans. Like you're supposed yeah, to. so I mean, like the, them come running through the ship and had some really great moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Cardoon had her great moments. And the, then my the boy Din going moments. by himself. They, they they made him the Lone Classic Ranger. Star Wars trope. Classic Star Wars trope where he's out there going by himself to go do like this little side rescue deal. Yep. Um, but but Moff Gideon was ready for it. Well, first he encounters the Dark Trooper and like that was a really important scene because, you know, sure it was, you know, crazy. They sends all the Dark Troopers out into space, but, you know, having him fight that, that one single Darth Trooper gave you the idea of like, okay, well, these guys are going to have a lot of issues with them because I mean, yeah. you know, he had a lot of issues with just one. Like, could you imagine if they, they had to fight multiple of those? Like, you know, that's what makes the stakes at the end way bigger is to have that one scene where he fights the one Dark Trooper. He barely and takes, beat him. Yeah, barely beats him, like the little Whistlers thing, and the, which is kind of funny about that. Like, they've made such a big deal about in the first season, like those little whistlers, Being like one of oh, the don't, strongest weapons. Don't use, yeah. don't use too many of these. Like you don't, you can't like make these all the time. And then he just but he got money now. <laughs> that's what happened when you got money. He can keep getting them. That's fair. And um, but it just showed like his, his, I don't know who's making them for him. His best car staff barely defeated him, and it's like, barely. well, damn, what what can defeat these things? These things are super strong. Also, that goes to one of my are we sure's, but I'll wait till we get there. 
Um, uh, Moff Gideon, yeah, meeting him at the thing. Very good scene. Giancarlo Esposito did a, a fantastic job of being a Star Wars villain. The man. I'm hoping that he gets he a chance back. to... I think he's... I think, <sighs> Where it's leading for him is more so having to do with Rangers, I can see. Mm. And leading us to Thrawn. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to have much to do in the Mandalorian now that Cara Dune has, has him. him in custody. Yeah. Uh, but there's someone, there's someone controlling Mandalore at the moment. And, you know, I assume that they may have had to have been his underling because, like, if he's got the Darksaber, then he's... Also, I feel like he's an underling of Thrawn. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but Mando whoops his ass, baby. Best car spear versus dark saber. Me and you predicted that all season. I feel like everybody predicted that all season. And Mando beat his ass and is now the owner of the dark saber. But Moff Gideon did that on purpose. He didn't go and he knew Bo-Katan was coming to the chamber room to challenge him. That's why he challenged Mando to make it to where they would have issues inside of the clique. Yeah, that's the big controversy going around Star Wars uh, Twitter at the moment is like, because a lot of people who have dove deep and watched Rebels and all that know that Sabine just handed it to her. Mm. And so like when Mando goes to hand it to her, she's just like, I'm not going to take it. So like the thought process is- because they're different races? No, 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 no. I'm saying that the thought process I'm thinking is that in season three, we're going to get a little bit of backstory about what happened between Bo-Katan- And Sabine? And that that Rebels- and then oh. the fall of Mandalore at that point. So like maybe she feels like her not earning it early on. Played to that, yeah, true. Like the, the fall of Mandalore. So That's she wants a good to point. Get, earn but it this the right way. This is what I'm asking you. Isn't Sabine the same? She is. Race of Mandalorians. She's, that yeah, she's Bo- a different clan. Yeah, than Bo-Katan. But Din's a different clan, right? Mm-mm. He's like a family. Oh, so he's like, mm. he's just someone that. I thought the clan thing might have mattered why she didn't take it. Clan, it's like talking Game of Thrones where, like, they all have different stakes to, like, a, uh, the throne. Yeah. Per se. And then, like, you could say, like, Foundling and, like, the uh, the Watch or whatever is, like, the Night's Watch. But that could be why she didn't accept it because of, like you said, there's some shit that happened and she feels responsible for the fall. That's what I'm thinking. But of course, it also doesn't mean that she has to kill Din to get it because obviously Din... in a fight. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like that's going to be something that could resolve real early in season three. But I do or, want Din to lead. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Or it could what this whole story of the Mandalorian could end up being is that a Mandalorian foundling uh, finds his way to becoming the leader the, of the throne. The leader of Mandalore, so. Yeah, true. Loved it. Also, that goes to my are we sure? He has the dark saber. He could have definitely beat some of them, uh, some of them death troopers with that dark saber. Yeah, why didn't why didn't that boy pull out the dark saber? Because the, the way he the way he handled that spear shows me he's uh, adapt to combat. Granted, he might have got attacked a couple times by him. He's not a profound user of lightsaber weaponry, but I think he could have took out at least three of them dark troopers. I think what would be an interesting thing to, moving forward is that maybe he. And going back to encounter Grogu later, Grogu either teaches him lightsaber techniques that would be or fire. Luke teaches him lightsaber techniques. I actually want Grogu, Grogu to do it because that's full circle. I think so. I, th- I think what, having a little bit of time in between the seasons from Mandalorian and having, talk like, next time. And, and having like a book of Boba Fett in between the seasons of Mandalorian, I'm thinking that 
by the time we get back to Grogu, Grogu is going to have matured a little bit more. He's going to, he's going to definitely be able to talk. He's got to be because I mean, yeah, they can't keep doing that. (laughs) Babbling baby facts, but this 50 years old, give some respect on his name. Now they're waiting for the death troopers and then boom, the TIE fighter lands, and then what a great Filoni and Favreau way to about do the it. X-Wing? Yeah, the X-Wing lands, and then just like how Darth Vader took out those uh, members of the Rebels in Rogue One, it they did. this is basically Luke's mirror image of that taking out the Death Troopers. It was so badass. He had his cloak on, and he was just kicking ass. The one thing I didn't like was the deep fake. I just felt that it wasn't great CGI, but I get it. It's a TV show. But it, that's why I don't want a full series of that because if you can't get it movie quality, then you can't do that. No, and I mean, like, I can see where you could do short bits of a TV show. That's what I'm saying. You could, do it, you could do it in multiple episodes, like random episodes of multiple shows. It, I can, I'm down to just, you know, bite the bullet and say it's TV. I'll take, you know, one episode of Luke and multiple shows, but like, not a full show of that. That's jar. It's jarring. No, I mean, I think like it was really cool to see him. Um, it was a good moment. In in the episode, I mean, like we've we said on the stream, like, and I've been saying that it made and earlier on the episode that it made sense that he was the one who showed up more so than be. anybody else. So like, it, I, I'm completely fine with it. It was just it definitely wasn't what I was expecting, as we've talked about before. Like, it was just something that I never thought that they would try and like do. Like we said that he's the most he's the one that makes the most sense, but it's like. That would never happen. It's Luke. Like, he's untouchable. But that just shows me now, going forward, that everybody's untouchable. Except maybe Carrie, uh, except Leia. But it would make sense if Leia was in in the Rangers show. I don't, yeah, I don't think Leia's untouchable. I think that they, they can make it happen because what they do is untouchable. Her... No, 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 no. Okay. Definitely not. But I, I'd say I'd say more so we're going to see Alden do him and Lando. No, but that, I'm but... talking, is Harrison Ford, I'm talking Harrison Ford, Han. Here, let's finish this episode, and then we talk about the grander scheme of things. I have thoughts on all that. Gotcha. Like, just, That's pretty know, much the fit, end of the episode. Pretty, I guess that is pretty much the end of the episode. But, I mean, it was pretty badass. Oh, and then we get the post credit The green saber, of- black love, you know. And yeah. we talked about the post credit scene with Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So, um, Book of Boba Fett, I think if you want, if Harrison Ford will do it, I think that's fair game. <laughs> Yo, like, be because, so like, they have beef, and they got they got something to resolve. Yeah. You told yeah, you've told me this, and I and I love that. I love it. But does that mean so, the end of Boba? No, 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 no. I don't think it's the end of either of them. If anything, well, it's definitely I not think, the end of Han. But like I'm saying, does if they resolve the beef, does that does that mean Han kills him? No, I mean I think if anything, like he goes after him and then he fails, but mm-hmm. like it won't kill him. Gotcha. And like I like I told you on that stream, I think Chewie's almost a lock of showing up in Book of Boba or Lando. Yeah, definitely think, Lando. You know, I think Chewie. Being I think Alden's able, a lock in Lando. I would say the, if you're would, bringing Donald back, so as well. Like, might as well bring Alden. But what they did in Rise of Skywalker is that they used um, Carrie Fisher's daughter as Leia. They used her with the deep fake. Yeah. So I I could see where you could still utilize that mm, in okay. Rangers. Or that's, the, that's the place that makes the most sense is Rangers. It's Rangers of the New Republic. Like, if you're setting up the New Republic, we need the main player, Leia. Yeah, so I can see that them making that work. 
And I mean, even her CGI work and and Rogue hers was good. Bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hers was good. It was Luke's that was the shitty one. Like yeah, Luke's so maybe, the worst one I've seen just, in a while. Maybe just do full CGI over deepfake at this point. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but great episode. Loved it. Loved, loved, loved the season. All right, Schubert, let's get into your honor. Oh, oh brother. This episode pissed me off. I, I tweeted, who is worse, Michael Desad, uh, Desadio or Adam Desad? Uh, Des- Des- oh, what is Adam, it? easy. What's, what's, what's the last name? How you pronounce it? Desado? Desiato. Desiato. Yeah, who's worse, Michael Desiato or Adam Desiato? And then a moment happened in the show, and I was like, it's clearly Adam. But my goodness, Michael's doing a lot of dumb shit, too. Like, they're both doing dumb shit. But I guess he thinks his dumb shit, like, is leading is helping. to... Yeah, it's helping. I'm trying yeah, to I mean, get he, the... He, uh, put, a, he put his mayor boy. Episode. Him and the guy who was running for mayor or whatever. Seeing, I, was, I was like, damn. He's, like, he, he really he, put the suit in the hole. He is fucking that guy. <laughs> like, like, that is not... Like, after this, I'd be like, bro, after this, you're my friend, and that's why I'm doing this for you. But after this... Don't call my ass for nothing, dog. Don't call my yeah. ass for nothing. We're still like friends, but your favors are over. Is that whole thing where he's like, why would you get her that lawyer? And like, obviously the lawyer is going to try and like help Save out the situation. This? She's your like, protege. Like you asked her. She likes you. Like, what are you doing, dummy? <sighs> and then, but I love the scene with her, with her and Kofi. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not changing my plea. There's no way. Like, yeah. Oh, brother. Wait. Okay. So let me read this. And then, like, the lieutenant's like coming up to the desire crew guy. Is like, yo, like your boy. He's he's, 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 he's folding. He's thinking he's folding. We're gonna have to take care of He's gonna stay strong. Watch. Let me read the synopsis. Michael uses his power to hide details regarding the accident. Jimmy Baxter and Gina plot their revenge. Uh, Lieutenant Nancy Costello is suspicious. Kofi gets bad advice, and Gina strikes a deal for Carlo. Yeah, the racist brother got out talked to the mom basically got instructions and went back to jail i wrote down the most bone chill okay so real quick before i get to the most bone chilling scene adam telling his teacher that he killed that guy what a fucking idiot i get that you're fucking her and she can't say anything because she will go to jail because she's fucking you but like bro you're a fucking idiot you're taking pictures of this murder for your class, your dad's trying to save your life, and you're just doing everything to get yourself caught. I could see where he could get away with like the taking the pictures for class thing, because like it could be like, oh well, I saw heard about the story, I wanted to like do the clown. Blah, blah. But like, who was at the scene when he was taking the pictures at that at the same scene? that same SUV who saw him smoke that dude? There's too many loose ends. Like, there's that loose end. Michael took care of the gas station. But what about the dirty rag that the that, dog That was bit? wild. That, that was wild when he <laughs> took care of the gas station. I was like, oh, man, you are, like, a liar. <laughs> and like, that and dude felt, like, felt so sorry for him or whatever. And I was like, dude, don't feel sorry for this guy. Brian Cranston, amazing. Amazing. Brian Cranston's trying to save his son at all costs. But see, okay, this is where I think the difference is. Adam wants to get caught. Brian Cranston is leaving it up to fate to decide who is more just Jimmy Baxter or him. That's what he's doing. He's putting like things involved to where all right, fate's going to decide. Like I'm going to erase everything that I can. I'm going to give this kid a fighting shot and fate's going to decide what happens. Whereas Adam's like, 
I want to get so caught. Bad. I feel so bad. <laughs> every okay. time, bro, he is the every time he comes on screen, I'm like, fuck this kid. I I want him to die. Like I want Jimmy Baxter them to kill him and Brian Cranston to live. That's how I want this to end. Like fuck them, but they're all gonna die. But let's get to the most bone chilling scene of this episode. It had to be when that light went off on the camera in the physical part of the jail. And I was like, oh, they come and kill Kofi. Kofi is done. And the fact that you told me the IMDb that Kofi only has four episodes, Kofi is dying next episode. There's two left. No, he's four. He wasn't in the first episode. Yes, he was. For a little bit. I don't think so. We're going to have to relook. But I think Kofi gone next episode. If anything, he'll be back for a flashback. It seems like it. Like, he was walking down that hall. They looked like they was about to kill him. Well, I mean, he, at the end of the show, he, he walks up into, what's his name, Baxter's cell. Dunsky. I mean. Baxter gonna kill his ass. It's done. Bro, Schubert, I can't tell you how stressed I was when that light went off. <laughs> he knew it. Like, Kofi knew it. He was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> like, it was over. They turned the camera off. I'm done. Carl was watching with me. Carl was like, oh, this guy's about to get epstein I was like... <laughs> It's true, though. <laughs> this show is fucking amazing. Why was Michael Desiato at that fucking uh, funeral? I thought Adam was going to be there. I didn't think it was going to be him. But it's good that Especially he went. after he told Adam, like, not to be there. But, like, I'm, I think it was fine that he was there because, like, at least he was able to, like, uncover that whole deal. That, yeah. But Jesus, his friend is putting a bind. Like you said, when the lieutenant was like, bro, your boy, you better check him. <laughs> We're going to have major issues. <laughs> your ass going to jail. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, more so, I think that. I just think someone like. Kofi, yeah, Kofi And then there's going to be a hole on war. Like, I feel like yeah. the. Like the teacher has to be the the factor that gets him back into the fold of getting like suspected because at this point I feel like they're gonna kill Kofi. He's gonna like, and then they're just gonna be like all a gang war. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And Adam's about to go on a bender of drugs. Probably. Like he's about to, he gonna he gonna they gonna kill him. He's gonna die. Like Kofi gonna die. And he's gonna die. Now does Brian Cranston die? I don't know. Maybe. He's definitely in jail. Maybe depends. It depends on how if they find out or if we get street justice. I think it's gonna be more street justice. Than That's what like I'm thinking. That's why I think point. Adam's gonna die because that issue when war breaks out, that Chevrolet is gonna snitch on him. When he went to like take a picture of it, uh, whatever, I thought they were gonna run him over. Yo, like, me too. I was like, why don't y'all just run over this bitch boy? <laughs> like the way that the camera looked, looked at it, it looked like it was coming right. To it looked it. like we were about to get the sec uh, uh, another edition of. When the motorcycle hit the car. You don't know with this show. Anything is possible. This show is crazy. Yeah, no. So I had like, uh, I <laughs> tried to put my girlfriend on everywhere. I was like, let's watch the show. It's in New Orleans, blah, blah, blah. Did not make it through episode two. Just like, nope, nope. Don't <laughs> like this show. I'm so happy Curse likes it. Oh, I'm so happy. We love this show. This is uh, shit. <laughs> it was, it's wild, man. Like, it is. It just gets so frustrating. It, it's it's like the night of. It just pisses you off. And I love yeah. this reminds me of like Good Time and Uncut Gems. I love this genre of making thrilling TV show and storytelling, like just to have you on the edge of your seat all the time to where you're going to have like a heart attack at the end of each episode. I love it. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's pretty much wow. What, what an episode. So yeah. we'll talk about episode four next week. I'm ready for episode four. My goodness. Each. Oh, also the fact that the brother went to jail for murdering a black kid just because he was black. 
crazy. And I told, and me and Carl was like, damn, everybody else looks Italian, but this dude looks like a racist Louisiana guy. I was like, yeah, he does. <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's about to get off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? This How does he get off for murder? Yeah, exactly. But that's probably because ha- it happened when he was a juvenile. Mm. So, you know, juvenile life is only until you're 21 or 23, which is crazy. You, you can kill somebody before you're 18 and you only get juvenile life. Well, he's about to kill another guy, so. Yeah, he's about to kill Kofi, yeah. and nobody going to know about it either. That's a fact. All right, let's get to our top 10 best Christmas movies for you to watch on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. All right, let's start off at 10. What you got? Start us off. Santa Claus 2. Ooh, the Tim Allen. I, I must say, no Tim Allen Santa Claus movies made my list. I saw one and two for the first time, like, yesterday. Oh my gosh. Were you yeah. watching Christmas movies preparing for this list? Yeah. A lot <laughs> of the ones on this list are ones that I actually just saw within the last three days. <laughs> okay. Why does why does the Santa Claus two make the list and not Santa Claus one? Um the Santa Claus one, it was it was kind of a stressful watch. Was honestly. it dated? It's not really dated, it's just like kind of stressful because like he's just it doesn't, you know, he's, he's so like anti, yeah, he's such a yeah. douche or whatever. But like Santa Claus 2 is a little bit better because like he's very much established as Santa. He's just trying to find his Mrs. Claus. Pretty much. And like, you know, it, it was a pretty cute movie, I'd say. So, but it only comes in for 10 to me because I mean, I don't really think it's like, yeah, Great. end all be all. But I thought it was pretty good. And I wanted to put one of those Santa Claus franchise in here because a lot of people do keep that you as like their it? yearly staple. Yep, 100%. All right. My honorable mention is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, the animated movie based on the hit song. Love that movie. It's amazing. Uh, just couldn't make the list because there's better animated movies. Oh, well, and my honorable mention was Rare Exports, which I, w- I wish you would have seen, but I don't I, think you did. I tried, to let, I tried to make my girlfriend watch it. She was like, what the fuck is Schubert asking us to watch? I'm my girlfriend watching. made me watch it. <laughs> and I was like, what is this Finnish thing? And we ended up reading the, reading the dang subtitles for an hour and a half. That's what my, mean, girlfriend, hilarious. my girlfriend can't watch subtitled movies. She was like, I, I'm going to try to watch Schubert tonight before I go to sleep. <laughs> like That's going to be like a, a me-only watch watch but i tried another honorable mention i have which is probably going to make your list didn't make my list i know it's blasphemy elf honorable mention i'll, oh, wow. wait, I'll wait to talk with it with you but just you're gonna have to wait yeah i know but um it the jokes just didn't land with me i understand why it's up there i love james Conn's performance but we'll talk more about it when schubert does it but my number 10 is my non-traditional Christmas movie, Batman Returns. I think where Die Hard is a movie that takes place during Christmas time, I actually think Christmas is enveloped in the plot of Batman Returns, and Batman Returns is a great Batman movie, and if you want a non-traditional Christmas movie where you'll still feel in the vibe of Christmas, there's presents given, there's Santa Claus, there's a bunch of snow, it actually involves Christmas, Batman Returns is the movie for you. So that's my number 10. What you got at right. nine? Well, let's go ahead and just move to your number nine because I have Batman Returns. Nice. Okay, swag. My number nine is Frosty Returns. It is, this movie does not necessarily take place during Christmas. We don't really know. It's more so about Frosty having this winter wonderland with this girl. And it's just a great animated movie. John Goodman is the voice of Frosty. There's some good songs. And to me, it's the best Frosty movie. And I wanted to include Frosty the Snowman on this list. 
Frosty Returns, better than Frosty Winter Wonderland, better than OG Frosty, better than Frosty and Rudolph, better than Christmas in July. Frosty Danny DeVito returns. needs to be Frosty. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. All right, what you got at eight? Uh, year without Santa Claus. Oh, punt, punt, big time punt. What are you doing? <laughs> well, it's at, it's at eight for me because I literally saw it two days ago for the first time. Oh, did your girlfriend make you watch it? Yeah. Oh, great. Good. I'm so but happy. The damn, but the damn songs are stuck in my head. So we'll talk about it when we get it to you. That's why it's so fucking amazing. Heat Miser Snow. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about it then. But all right. all right. The next one I have is. Wait. I just, I'm just trying to pull up just to make sure it's made by the people that I have. Um, give me one second. No, I don't want the night before. Okay. Yeah, it was the night before Christmas. The animated movie, it's uh, the Rankin Bass movie. It's when, when a town learns Santa has struck off the the town from his delivering schedule due to insulting letter. The uh, families must find a way to change his mind. Such a great uh, Christmas movie. It follows the poem, the classic poem. It was the night before Christmas. And I just think it's one of the better animated features that uh, Rankin Bass produced. So. And Rankin Bass is like the animated Christmas movie gods that made stuff in the from the '60s to the '80s, and "Twas the Night Before Christmas" one of their, was one of their best showing. So, yeah, that's not my bag. Neither is this claymation stuff. So, I get it. So, what you got at seven? Bad Mom's Christmas. Oh, that should have made my list. That movie's fucking that shit, great. It's hilarious. That movie's fucking great. Gosh, and I love that my guy Justin Hartley from uh, This Is Us is in it, the stripper, and when he, when the mom was kissing on the stripper and fell off the bar, fucking hilarious. Mila Kunis is is one of the best comedic actress of our generation. Kristen Bell is amazing. I love the cast of Bad Moms. This movie should have made my list. Susan Sarandon yeah, was so funny. Yeah, adding the moms in was just like a, a different next level kind of thing. Like yep. it was it was uh, hilarious for sure. Well, funny you went with a comedy at seven. I went with a comedy as well. I went with the Eddie Murphy, Dan Ackerwright trading places. This movie is hilarious. It's a Christmas and a New Year's movie, but both holidays are really enveloped in the movie. And I just love it. I just it's love hilarious. It. Like this, this movie is fucking amazing. I don't care that it has blackface in it. Everything about this movie works, and it is one of the best Eddie Murphy movies of all time. One of the best Dan Aykroyd yeah. movies of all time. I, I have it farther down. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Let's go. It's, it's a. It's. it's I, I think I saw it for the first time last year, and it's like one that I, I even. We talked about it on the pod, like when we yeah. Were I mean, it's so funny. I should have put it up higher, but like I, I went more Christmassy higher. But Trading Places is amazing. So, all right, all what right. you got at number six? Number six, I have Four Christmases, which I rewatched last night. Nice. The Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon. I like that movie. That, that is hilarious. John Favreau in that movie is hilarious. Yes, oh he gosh. is. That movie should have made my list as well. Honestly, I could have took out Frosty Returns and put that movie in. Like, yeah, that four, movie is fucking great. Four Christmases is really solid. Um, yeah, it is. But yeah, what's your number six? My number six is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the OG animated feature. Love it. Like, I think this is the best version. I know people love the Jim Carrey. I know people love the Tyler mm. Creator one. It just sticks with me. The songs, everything about the, the Tyler, movie. the creator one where he made all the music. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's about the, the newest new, one. Yeah. The illumination one mm. or whatever, but the OG has a special place in my heart and it has to be at number six, which you got at five trading places. Nice. All right. Perfect. Glad that made your top five movies. Amazing. 
At number five for me, this is where I had to put a Christmas Carol uh, movie, but I didn't go with Mickey. I didn't go with uh, Flintstones. I went with the Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, that's the best one. The best Christmas Carol. I love it. Rizzo the Rat's amazing. Gonzo being the narrator. Kermit as uh, Bob Cratchit. Fucking Michael Caine is Scrooge. Like, Michael Caine is in a Muppets movie. <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's definitely the best one. That, yeah. That's for sure. I had to uh, make the list. Number four is one that I saw on Christmas Day, I guess, three years ago. And it's been my fav- one of my favorite Christmas movies ever since. The Office Christmas Party. Oh, nice, 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 nice. That movie's great with, with uh, T.J. Miller. Olivia Munn and T.J. Miller and nice. uh, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Bateman, just Jason Bateman. It's hilarious. Nice. It takes place I'll- in Chicago. So it's some of the best work that I've ever seen Kate McKinnon do. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna watch. I'm actually gonna watch it on Christmas Day. I'm excited for. That. I got a lot of movies to watch, but great choice. Love your choice. And number four for me, this is where I go with a black and white movie. I'm going Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart's one of my favorite actors. It's a Wonderful Life. This movie is amazing. It's basically a Christmas. It's kind of a Christmas Carol, but basically more so. It's like what would happen if you didn't exist, and it was just him showing him the meaning of life. In Christmas, and basically every time you hear a bell bell ring, Angel gets their wings. Love this movie. Yeah, it's like the number one for most people. Yeah, it's amazing. I just have to have it at number four because to me, the other three are quintessential Christmas movies. Number three, I have Animated Grinch. Nice. The OG. Okay. Oh, you have it. I thought you were gonna go Jim Carrey. Oh no, 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 no! I don't like that movie at all. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Animated Grinch is so good. Yeah, it's the best one. Yes, it is. I mean, you know, I and, and being, being, some, being someone that dressed as the Grinch for Christmas parades. I thought you up, would have had that yeah. as number one, though. You're not a Grinch. You're not a, a Christmas guy. You're a Grinch. I uh, did it because it's only a 30 minute oh, movie. Yeah, true. True, 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 true. Yeah, yeah, you dress up as the Grinch every year for Christmas because you are the Grinch. But. All right, for me at number three, I have the show that plays all day on TBS. Honey, you'll shoot your eye out. Pull your tongue off the pole. Come on, Randy. Come like I love this. Bro tried to movie. pitch this. A Christmas story. It is amazing. I love, love, love this movie. This is why I used it in Pitch It. It to me is one of the best Christmas movies. And it would have been number two on my list if not for my girlfriend introducing me to my number one for the first time in my life this year. Or, well, well, yeah, this year. Well, number two for me is uh, Christmas Vacation, which is another classic one on everyone's list. Punt! Big punt! Don't you put Elf at one! You monster! (laughs) I did, so... Ah, you monster! So, like, that that's my two and one. All right, well, let me talk talk about my two. Let me talk about my two... And then we'll talk about uh, year two, my one, and then we'll talk about year one. Okay, so my number two is A Year Without a Santa Claus. To me, it's the best animated movie. It is so fucking good. Heat Miser, Snow Miser. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Mr. Snow. Snow. You love it. I love it. And then when they go to Mother Nature, like, this this movie's amazing. Like, this is the thing. You know, the Heat Miser stuff, too, is like, oh, this explains why the South doesn't have snow. snow. Yes. 
This was my childhood. Like, this is my fa- My mom loved this movie. My dad loved this movie. This is both of their favorite Christmas movies. And while parents were showing their kids Elf, while parents were showing their kids National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, my parents showed me the Rankin-Bass animated classics. And I honestly feel like that's why I love animated movies so much is because my parents loved animated movies. And A Year Without a Santa Claus is a movie that I can never go without on Christmas time. I feel like it was also kind of a Vixen origin story. Yeah, it was. It was. It made me care more about Vixen for sure. Yo, and when Jingle and Jangle took her ass and she got picked up by the pound, they did poor Vixen dirty, man. And Santa Claus had to go get his ass or get oh her. Gosh, that was, that was yeah, awesome. That was a, a really good movie for sure. It was. That's what I'm, I'm so happy you put it on your list. I just thought eight too low. But my number, my number one and your number two, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. This movie changed my life. I'm, I told my mom, I was like, mom, I asked her, I was like, do you like this? She was like, yes, I liked it. I was like, mom, why did you never show it to me? She was like, I don't know. I just, we were too busy watching animated movies. I was like, she's like, did Kirsten show it to you? I was like, yeah. She was like, you have a good girlfriend. And I was like, yeah, man. Like, Kirsten got me into this movie. This was her family's Year Without a Santa Claus. Like, this was her family's go-to every year. Like, me and my mom would watch A Year Without a Santa Claus and A Christmas Story. Her family would watch Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Whereas I don't necessarily like Elf. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is amazing. The jokes that Chevy Chase got off, the toxic, the male toxicity, the chauvinist. I love it all. I love it all. Chevy Chase was the man, boy, and his, and his messed up cousin kidnapping his boss. In real life, that nigga would have went to jail. <laughs> his boss was yeah, not giving sure. them no raises. No, oh, yeah, his cousin's crazy. Like it's just <laughs> his cousin so even buys things. kids no presents. Old cheapskate. Yeah, I mean it's just like a, a Christmas pop culture, you know, staple. I love it. And sure. when the turkey went flat, like uh, that movie's amazing. That movie That's is really amazing. funny. It's really funny. So um, and the, you're number one. And where I put Elf at number one, uh, it's just you know it is. Do you like much, that movie? I do like that movie. Oh, okay. I think it's pretty funny. Um, I, I don't like Zoe Deschanel in that movie. I, I mean, she's not really like the main focus of that movie, honestly. She's not. But you know, I think that the the stuff with what you know James Con. I thought really James Con was amazing. I, you know, I think that his whole arc is is really well planned out. I think you know the Buddy the Elf stuff really ends up playing well um, as a Christmas movie on a yearly basis. Is like okay, that is like the essential. Christmas story of you know an elf a human elf yeah um I think that it has a lot of pop culture with it mainly Ties. just because of Will Ferrell being the main character but um honorable mention I, just not an elf yeah, thing. I, I just the, the Will Ferrell jokes didn't land in this one for me but I get it that's my girlfriend's favorite Christmas movie but at least John I wanted Favreau, man yeah, I, that's why I watched it. Like, she was like, watch this movie. I was like, I don't want to watch Elf. And then when I saw John Favreau made it, I was like, well, now nah, I got to fucking watch it because I'm a Favreau fan. Yeah, I mean, it's more of the it's one of those things that it's like more fun to watch with people also, who are also in, into it because it's like something that you like spit the, the words out to, like any World Fair or thing. It's like you just memorize like Niggy Muffins yeah. or like, you know. Bye, buddy. Bye, Mr. Narwhal. Like, yeah. You know, just or, BS stuff like that. Or when they're calling freaking uh, Tyrion Lannister an elf. Great scene. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> he didn't mean any of it. Thought that was great. Uh, or like, Santa, I know him. <laughs> like, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like, it's very quotable. 
Just like Christmas Vacation. Also, every por- every producer in that movie, basically like Toby Emmerich, John Berg, are the DCEU failures. <laughs> All the big time producers are, there, are the DCEU so, so guys. Does that make uh, Buddy the Elf part of the DCEU? Probably. Probably. James Caan? Been uh, you probably worked with uh, Bruce, uh Wayne. Bruce Wayne at some point, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the Definitely. publishing. Oh man, great list! All right, give your list again, Schubert. Uh, Santa Claus 2 at 10, 9 is Batman Returns, 8 is Deer Without a Santa Claus, 7 is Bad Mom's Christmas, 4 6 is Four Christmas, Four Christmases, 5 is Trading Places, 4 is Office Christmas Party, 3 is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the animated original. Um, second is Christmas Vacation and well, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and then one is Elf for me my honorable mention is Elf and uh, uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer number 10 Batman Returns number 9 Frosty Ret- actually I'm changing my number 9 because the fact that you had Bad Mom's Christmas on there and I did not really struck a chord with me so this is where this I'm going to give, give you a, a positive uh, no, at Honorable mention, Frosty Returns, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and Elf, number 10, Batman Returns, number 9, Bad Mom's Christmas, number 10, Twas the Night, I mean, number 8, Twas the Night Before Christmas, the animated Rankin Bass classic, number 7, Trading Places, number 6, The OG, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, number 5, Muppets Christmas Carol, number 4, It's a Wonderful Life, number 3, A Christmas Story, number 2, the best animated Christmas movie ever, A Year Without a Santa Claus, and number 1, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. I love our list, man. You really got me with Bad Mom's Christmas. I'm I'm appalled that I didn't have that on there. You know, honestly, like besides like my animated Grinch, I'm pretty sure I put Year Without Santa Claus is like my only animated one. So I can agree with you that is the best, best animated. It's the best animated Christmas, Christmas movie of all time. It is. It's so fucking good. I also love that we both had Trading Places and Batman Returns. Taste. Yeah. Taste. And I'm also happy none of neither of us had Die Hard. Taste. Taste. No, like it's a at terrorist point, movie. Like after, after I had seen a few things this after week, the I was like, oh, there's just too. no way. Like, there's just Jake, no way that I can pitch Die Hard. And I was like, bro, that's a terrorist movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, now, now that I've learned, maybe that's going to incorporate judging next time. That's why I got the belt. <laughs> 100%. But that's all we got this week. Schubert, uh, Merry Christmas to you, brother. And we got yeah, to see Wonder Woman. And Merry Christmas to all the fans, even though I'm going to talk to you on Christmas. But Merry Christmas to all the fans, and we will be reviewing Wonder Woman next week. Excited. Yes, we sure will be uh, doing Wonder Woman as well as Your Honor, Episode 4, and we'll be doing our end of the year. Oh, yeah, the Bros. Binge Awards. Yes, yes, yes. We got... Best movie, best actor, best actress, best TV show. A little easier to choose from this year. Yeah, best TV show, best TV protagonist, best TV antagonist, uh, rookie of the year, um, loser of the year. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm excited. I guess what, director or like oh, direct, best of the director year? and best animated uh, movie and TV show. Yeah. Fuck so, yeah. We'll be going over all of that next week and... Um, that's about it. Like, I can't really think of too much other stuff. Hopefully, there'll be some some news, but we'll have plenty to talk about. In other January, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Lennon, tell everyone what's going on with Bros Who Think these next couple weeks before the end of the year. All right, you guys can follow me at LinBWT. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. There's a new anime talk out now. 
a new Bros Who Think podcast. But like Schubert said, next week is awards week on the network. Monday, you're getting the Bros Who Think Awards. That's covering the best rap. Uh, well, that's covering the best album, the best rap album, the best R&B album. We're t- talking best rapper of the year, hottest rapper, all the music categories, uh, all the like just pop culture categories, like best human of the year, loser of the year overall. So all of the, the stuff about the world and music, that's on the Bros Who Think. That'll be out on Monday. Uh, like Schubert said, Thursday, the Bros Who Binge Awards. We're doing all of that. And then Tuesday or on New Year's Day, me and Krista haven't decided, we're doing the Anime Talk Awards, which will be the same thing. We're talking about the best animes of the year and all that shit, as well as the Akira Run It Back will be out this week. So you guys be sure to tune into that. And me and Schubert and Ian will pick the next Run It Back next week. We'll pick it on probably Wednesday and that way we could record it for you guys to have the following. So that's all the stuff that's coming out for the year. But next week is awards week on the network all throughout all the shows. We wanted to do it this year before New Year's because I feel after New Year's, everybody's tired of talking about 2020 and recapping. Yes. Like you got to do it before. You got to do it the week of New Year's or the week before. But if you do it on the week of the fourth and everything after, people are sick of recapping because everybody's doing it. Yeah, Wonder Woman just sliding in now. They're they're in the running, so we'll see. What might be the best comic book movie. It might be. Might be. Who knows? But that's all really going on with the network. It's award season. All right. Well, London, I hope you have a merry Christmas. I hope everyone out there has a merry Christmas. And thanks for listening to the show this week. Everyone, stay safe out there. And as always, keep binging. <laughs> <laughs>